Welcome. To Arcade Audio. When the blind man sees the picture, when the deaf man hears the word, when the fisherman stops fishing, when the hunter spares the bird, we'll still hear the wondrous story of a world where people Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Married with Movies. I'm one of your hosts, Samantha Mullet. Sitting next to me on the couch is your other host, my beautiful husband, Chris Mullet. Feels good to be back to like what we're normally supposed to be doing. <laughs> yeah, this is like a one in a uh, hundred episode. Like I, that's what, what I we're feel normally like. Supposed to be yeah, doing. <laughs> like I feel like we have so many other gimmicks and things going on that like every hundred episodes we get back to normal. No, like every like ten episodes we get back to normal, which is. Well, this is- well, this Very is a newer gimmick, strange. too. This is only, like, the second time we've done this, which feels weird, but... It, I it think still what, feels right. I think what the problem is, is... Or not the problem, but I, feel, I think what it is, is... <laughs> you don't say it's a problem. We're not going to have any more guests no, like, on the as show. Soon, as soon as we know... No, what I meant is, as soon as we know we're doing the movie... I grab it and like I put it like where like we watch our movies like at our entertainment we system. We have like a little like a, our little like yeah, and it's line. like an order and like you can like you know kind of see what's coming up and like it just sits there for like and we just stare two at months. It. Like I've looked at about Schmidt for about two months now and we're still not gonna watch it for another month and a half. What the fuck is that movie about Schmidt? That was our random movie. This is our can't pick movie. You're fucking kidding, right? I don't remember wh- who drew that. Uh, fuck, I don't remember. I mean, I can, I can grab the box and tell you. When did we draw that? Uh, you should start writing know. the date that we drew it. It's going to get better at the beginning of next year because the problem right now is, hey, everyone, if you're new here, uh, we watch movies and we have crazy lives and we talk about them. And we have a bunch of different ways in which we determine how to watch the movies. We randomly draw movies. We nominate movies. We watch movies with our friends. We watch movies based on the movies we've already watched. And we watch movies based on the movies that we nominated oh and didn't pick. Oh, God. I think we drew that when we watched The Maltese Falcon. No, 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 no. That's way too... No, I can tell you in just a second. Hold uh-huh, on. uh-huh. We watched that... Uh-huh, we drew... Can't, can't Hardly Wait. Beginning can't. of July. Oh, okay, cool. So only two months instead of three. Yeah. And that movie was drawn by... Oh, I didn't write it down. Well, I can tell from Can't Hardly Wait. Hold on. God, this is, like a, this is more of a puzzle than the Hunter Killer we do. <laughs> uh, you drew it. You drew Dutchman. I honestly do not remember that at all. That's how long it's been. Yep. Like, that's insane. Considering today is Tuesday, September 28th. And yeah, happy fall to, to you all. Happy fall, oh. y'all. I knew you were going to do something like that. No, no, I was trying no, to no, beat no. you. I was just going to say happy fall to everybody. And then I was like, oh, happy fall. You all. You all. <laughs> I am a basic white bitch. Um... Yeah, we got a lot going BWB, on. BWB, baby. What? Basic white bitch. Oh, I thought you said BBW. <laughs> I was like, that is not what you think it means. BWB. Um, a lot going on in our in our lives. Um, been what do we do? I don't know what the fuck have we been doing. Um, we watched a movie. 
Well, I, we're going to get there. Oh, I know that's what have we been doing? Know, but everything oh, else. Oh, oh, oh. Working. Uh, playing with Jillian. Uh-huh. Um, I helped, I helped, uh, you helped friends of the show. guests of the show move. That took up pretty much all of last weekend. The weekend before that, I feel like we did like a lot of things. I mean, you want me to get my planner? <laughs> no, I just want to be able to remember do, what do, I did two weeks previously. Do, uh, uh, friend of the show, Tatiana was here. Oh yes. And um, we went, we went to a toy show. We I think we've already talked show. about we that. We went to Lakeland. Man, I don't fucking know. And then we, we're going to be, next couple weeks are going to be all based around toy shows because we're going to yeah. be selling some stuff. Oh, yeah. So if you're in the Orlando area or you want to make a trip to the Orlando area, please come to Osceola Heritage Park, um, October 9th and 10th, all day. We'll be there. Mullet over collectibles because our last name is Mullet. It doesn't really work if you don't know our name. Like, if people don't know our name and, and it's mullet over collectibles, like, we don't have mullets. Yeah, but we don't have, like, a big banger. Big banger. We don't have a big I banger. I have a big banger. No, but we're going to, like, have, like, a sign. And we just got those business cards. Yeah. We're going to give it to people. And they're like, so the, and oh, we, why, why is it a say, mullet? You guys like the fish? And they'll say, no, it's our name. So go fuck yourself and buy my toys. Okay. If I, if I went to a toy store... I would not determine my purchasing based on the name of it. If I walked into fucking Hitler's Toys, I'd still be like, okay, what do you have? (laughs) Would you? Yeah. I would still, look, if I see toys, normally if I stop, if I'm driving, and I see, like, comics, toys, books, like, something, like, I pull over and and stop. Guns, ammo, and more. Guns, ammo, and comics. (laughs) Like, I'm like, okay, well, I got comics. Like, I'm I'm, I'm... I'm gonna go look. You know what I mean? I have like indigestion, and every time you now, make me if laugh, I got like, to I the actual joking. store inside and Hitler was there and was just like, "You want some of my toys?" I would have been like, right, "I'm still gonna look around," <laughs> but I'm less inclined because I know what kind of person you are now. Um, I mean, I think I would be upset if you ever went to a store that had anything to do with Hitler, like knowingly went to. But a what store. if it was just like Steve Hitler? I mean, he should have changed his name. Is there a... Yeah. Is, uh, that leads into my question. Like, if your last name is Hitler, like, do they just, like, cover the fees to change your name? Like, is it just, a, like, a thing that you can just, like, no, go and do? No, I don't do? think so. Is there anybody out there just, like, rocking Hitler? I don't know. I don't associate with them. Obviously. <laughs> just naturally. What if you had, like, what if somebody, like, applied to nope. work with you and their name was just Hitler? Like, I wouldn't. I would, I would, honestly, I would be like, no, I'm sorry, they're not qualified. What if they were, like, massively qualified? No, they're not qualified. I'm so sorry. Mm-mm. No, and especially now. I, so I work for a new company, which I'm so happy with my job. Um, and I went through a really intensive interview process for this company. And that's right. the norm. Like, somewhere in the five or six interviews, someone would have been yeah, like, yeah. Uh, Like, in the phone screen. Question. Like, Hitler? <laughs> like, it's not like, he tell or something. Like, you know, like, the R is, like, silent? No. Um, so, like, yeah, I don't think that they would make it to any of, like, the That's latter That's why you just got changed. Like, yeah, you jo- change it. Jones, like, Reynolds or something. Right, right. Yeah. But then, like, the people who, like, name their kids, like, Adolf, like... Oh, yeah, that's like that, fucking years. Like, I just don't understand that. Like, yeah. I, I get it, but, like, I don't get it. Like, it's hard to... Is, but then it's like like Joseph Stalin like people name their kids Joseph. Well, it's different because like it's like if there was like right. a very he, e- he was still a terrible person. Yeah. Like if Hitler was named Mike Thomas, 
then, you know, it'd be different. And then, like, we judge, but, like, it's such a pronounced Adolf Hitler. Like, like it's like, just... Like, I guess, yeah, it's such a... You know. Why are we talking about this when we're talking about a mighty <laughs> win? Like, it's not anything to do with it at all. I was using it as an example of, like, how much I would go to a toy store, no matter what the name of it was. Ah, um, it. But Got as it. you mentioned just a few moments ago, we did watch a movie. Every time that we watch a movie that um, is new, like, either streaming or in theaters, we kind of quickly review it. And, um... We finally sat down with our daughter because she had seen it two or three times at this point and watched on Netflix Vivo, the Sony Pictures animation film starring Lim and Miranda, uh, Gloria Estefan, and several others. Kind of a uh, uh, animated musical about a kinkajou. Um, a what now? A, a kinkajou. I don't think that's how you say kinkachu? it. Kinkajou? Pikachu. It's animated Pikachu as opposed to a live action Pikachu. Uh, a very, uh, very uh, Hispanic oriented. Hispanic oriented, you are so funny. What countries does it take place in? Well, t- well, it, it, Hispanic influenced. It takes place. It starts in Cuba, and then it ends up taking place in Miami, which is a wash. Which is little. Cuba. Uh, yeah. Um, so we watched it. Jillian's seen it plenty of times. It's Jill- like her Jillian new is thing. obsessed with it. Yeah. She loves to sing the music. Which you know I'm happy about because it's written by Lin Manuel Miranda, and the musical director is Alex Lackamore. Right, right, right. So like, I mean, I, I, I'm all about it, but I I enjoyed it. I think it's great. I think it's got great cast. Nicole, I think Nicole Byer and um, Brian Tyree Henry. They're barely in it. They barely do. Anything. I think, I, but I just love those characters. Yeah, I, I love them. But they, they play Spoonbill, Spoonbills, and I think that they do a great job. Mm-hmm. I thought it was good. It's it's good. It, Enjoy it, it. I like the music. I not, guess it's different because you're from fucking Akron, Ohio, and I grew up in Little Cuba. It has nothing to do with it. No, you didn't. You grew up in Aventura. You know how many Spanish people are in Aventura? There are, but it's not like it's nothing like that. Aventura is not anything like that. Aventura is more like never mind. Uh, it's good. I liked it. It's not. It's definitely not like my pantheon of like animated movies, especially I really liked it. even recently, um, because I, I'm not I'm trying to think the best way to say this without being like controversial. You just don't. Just shut up. Just I'm move on. not getting worn down with like the Lin Manuel Miranda of it all, but it's starting to get a little like repetitive. Um, especially when I just had like some story things I didn't like about the movie and it it, it was difficult to hold my interest. It didn't do enough for, uh, animated movie to hold the attention of an adult, like a Mitchell's versus the machines, like a, even Luca to an extent. Um, it just, just didn't do it for me, but I still can appreciate it. It looked great. Music was really, really cool. Those couple songs were really, really good. I, I could still have it on and not blow my fucking brains out like uh, the Emoji movie or fucking Alvin and the Chipmunks. You know what I mean? Can't wait till she gets those movies. She already used to watch Alvin and the Chipmunk at school. Like several times. And if, they ever, if she ever, like I pick her up and go, would you watch it at school? She says the Emoji movie. I'm going right back in there and I'm asking to speak to the owner. <laughs> She's like, how dare you show her the Emoji movie? You fucking had to know better than that. <laughs> um, but anyway, I digress. Uh, we started a uh, few months ago a new series after we finished our wrap it up series. Pick them off. Pick them off series where 
The movies that we nominate back and forth, the ones that don't get picked go on a list that we are no longer able to nominate. That list was getting out of control, so we are starting to whittle down that list. And this why are we why do we call it the pick it off? Because shouldn't it be something to do with like movies? Because we have the can't pick list, so we're picking off the oh, pick okay. the can't pick list. So we so like second run or something. I don't know. Re release. No, no. Why you gotta be so fucking lame? Um, <laughs> we uh, you nominated uh, two Christopher Guest movies. I, I think it was you. It was me. This is Spinal Tap and a Mighty Wind. Nope, totally nope, wrong. Best in Show and a Mighty yep, Wind. There you go, much better. Um, this, this is Spinal Tap. We had already watched, I believe. Nope, we watched Spinal Tap uh, a couple Weeks like, last later, year. Yeah. Nope, mm-hmm. nope. Yeah. You have the memory yeah. of a yeah. dead baby deer. Yep. Uh, yep. I will. Quickly be able to tell you. Oh, oh quickly, right really? How quickly? Look, we've watched a lot of fucking movies. Give me, cut me some slack, Jack. I think you um, did a better system we go. than. Pink. So we watched uh, Best in Show on June first, two thousand and fifteen, and yes, you nominated it. I picked Best in Show because Best in Show is my favorite Christopher Guest movie. I think and, it's a lot of people's favorite. Christopher and Guest I had movie. never seen a Mighty Wind before, and I've still. This was the first time that I had watched it, mm-hmm. and we'll get into and why. I'm shocked that you had never seen it before. I've seen this movie a lot, and several we'll get in, times. And we'll get into why that is the case here in just a moment. So, Samantha, go ahead and read okay. the package from the director of Best in Show and Waiting for Guffman, A Mighty Wind, back together for the first time again. Sheer exuberance, a gift from comedy heaven, says Peter Travers, Rolling Stone. Why is it so long? That's crazy. In A Mighty Wind, director Christopher Guest reunites the team from Best in Show and Waiting for Guffman to tell the story, co-written by Eugene Levy, of 60s-era folk musicians who, inspired by the death of their former manager, get back on the stage for one concert in New York City's Town Hall. Levy and Catherine O'Hara are Mitch and Mickey. What? Catherine O'Hara. Well, I say Hara. It's like... It's like... Just keep asterisking it. Go ahead. Oh, shut up. Once the sweethearts of folk music until their bitter separation, guest Michael McKean and Harry Shearer are classic folk trio The Folksmen and Parker Posey, John Michael Higgins, and Jane Lynch anchor a color-coordinated, harmonizing Nuff-Tet, the Main Street Singers. Nope. The new Main Street Singers. Because people are calling me. I'm recording. Not my fault. That's two. The new Main Street Singers. Joining the musicians are Bob Balaban, Ed Begley Jr., Jennifer Coolidge, M- Paul Dooley, <laughs> damn it, Michael Hitchcock, Don Lake, Larry Miller, Jim Piddock, Deborah Theaker, and Fred Willard, who all work to revive folk music in this uniquely touching comedy. That's ridiculous. I hate you guys. That's three. Fucking don't call me. For um, missing new, for messing up uh, that other name, and then for saying written in the weirdest way I've ever heard in my entire life. Um, that catch me back up. I hate my friends. That catch, <laughs> who was that, Juan? 
Juan and Jen. Juan, Jen, and Laura. Thank you, guys. Fuck you, guys. Thank you. That catch me back up? I think yes. we're tied. Yeah. Come on, baby. We have a reading challenge, and when you mess up uh, the most, then you suffer for it, like Samantha just did, uh, where she... Uh, read- because my phone was in my crotch, and it was vibrating, and it was really <laughs> distracting. <laughs> hey, not my fault. Not my problem. You gotta, you gotta be prepared. You gotta be ready. I did nothing. I did nothing. I hate you. So what's the score now? I seven, seven. Seven, seven. Full of mullets. Uh, Paramullets. So, so as I said, um, I hadn't seen this movie before, and it was just something about like the premise. So there's a few things that I'm just inherently not interested in. I'm I'm not a pirate guy. I am not a like medieval guy. I'm not a dragons and uh, you know like fantasy like fairies uh-huh. and elves uh-huh, type of uh-huh. person. And I'm just not into like country and folksy things. Cool, but those things are not. Those are not mutually exclusive. No, but I'm just saying. I'm just like I'm, fantasy and folk music are not the same you're thing. You're not fucking listening to me. I'm just highlighting that folk music uh-huh. is just like those things to me. So uh-huh. I don't. I haven't watched Lord of the Rings. I haven't watched mm-hmm. Pirates of the Caribbean. I don't mm-hmm. watch any of like Travesties. the medieval King Arthur movies. Travesties. And then so like for this, it was different from watching Waiting for Guffman, which is about theater, and dog shows. No, um, dog shows I knew because but dog shows... But you're not a dog person. No, dog shows were... It's different because dog shows used to preempt Raw every single year on wrestling. And I used to catch it every now and then because it would either preempt it or it would postpone it. So I just had an affinity to it. Um, that's the lamest fucking excuse. I'm just telling you, that's how ever it is. Heard. So I... Even though I love Christopher Guest movies, I just thought a mighty wind is probably just not going to be for me. So I just avoided it because I didn't want to like hurt my my history of enjoying them. Mm-hmm. And um, you realized um, a couple days ago when we watched this, you made a mistake. Yeah, I mean, it, yeah. it's it's a very it's very a good funny movie. movie. It, it's, it's just a feel good movie. It, for the most part, yeah, it is. Uh, I did not like it better than Best in Show. I did not like it better than Waiting for Guffman. Um, and I have not seen uh, For Your Consideration, Neither have which I. is weird because that one's about like, like Oscar, like, like awards race. Came out in a race. weird time. I came think. out in 06, I think. Yeah. And I also haven't seen Mascots, which was the last movie he directed. It came, it was directed to Netflix. It did not get good reviews. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, that was the last movie he directed. I want to say it's been almost 10 years ago. Um... So, yeah, I, I was wrong. I mean, this this is still, it's still very, very good. I, I hesitate to say great. It has some great performances and it has some great moments, but I do feel that it is a little disjointed because I do think it gets a little bit more, like, serious and dramatic than some of his other works in parts and in pieces. And I wasn't necessarily prepared for it, and it's not necessarily what I want in a Christopher Guest movie. Um, so that's what ultimately led me to have it kind of be below Best in Show and Winnie for Guffman and even Spinal Tap, which is kind of like the, the grandfather of, of all these movies. Um, considering that, you know, Spinal Tap is the folksman, you yeah. know, the, the same trio, 
Well, um, and and they opened for it. Like, Spinal they did Tap. a tour and opened. Yeah. And, and the Folksman weren't a creation just for this movie. The Folksman actually were an SNL sketch back from the 80s when uh, Harry Shearer and Chris Vegas were cast members. Michael McKean came on to host the show. Um, so they had, like, a bit of a back uh, backstory. But it is great to just see fucking Spinal Tap back together in, like, whatever, like, you know, form they, they may be. Um you've seen this movie plenty of times. You were literally singing along at some yeah, point. Yeah, I love the bog- soundtrack. boggled my mind. There's some really, really good songs. There's some really, great really songs, and yeah. It's just like some of it's catchy. Like, I mean, that's, I think what this movie did really well is like, people don't really give, I think, folk a lot of credit, but some of, I mean, the songs that they, you know, highlighted here are really catchy. Like, I didn't really sing along to like, the Mitch and Mickey romantic slow ballad, but like, but you, you need know, you need to, but you need to balance that to show how much of a range there is in folk. Yes. But then you have like the fun like potato in the paddy wagon song, yeah, and then you have like the like eat at Joe's like uh, like old Joe's place, mm-hmm. and yeah, I just think it's it's a lot of fun. I just have fun when I watch it. It's good. It's got good visual gags. Great uh, visual gags. So like mm-hmm. like the first like fifteen minutes were really 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 strong because you're getting to hear some of the songs. You're getting to like learn about the characters. Um, the typical you know improvisational verbal kind of gags are are there as well. Then it kind of gets into some longer stretches without a lot of like laugh out loud moments there's still humor there but it's all kind of world building scene painting humor there's maybe one of the best painted scenes i've ever seen in my entire life uh fred willard's character uh is like talking in his office and he's already this like really really like vibrant character he's got like blonde spiky hair and he's a former like tv you know quote-unquote star yeah um and, like, you can just tell, like, this is an obnoxious, boisterous jerk-off. And he's got, like, a big-ass rubber band ball on his desk. <laughs> Behind him, framed, are four aces. <laughs> like, an, a, a, an ace of every suit just framed <laughs> in, like, a diamond shape. And it's just like, well, who is this person? But you know exactly who it is from, like, all this stuff. Um, but... It's not as tight as the other one. So if I think of Best in Show, all these movies really have substantial casts. Um, yeah, it's pretty much all the same people. Yeah, it's all the same people. Basically, yeah. But the core of it is always, you know, six either individuals or six, like, relationships. And you can still make that argument for this, but there are so many more extra characters that get their own mockumentary style interview that I think it gets a little bit too all over the place. Like you didn't, you didn't need to, I think at one point either a psychiatrist or a doctor is part of it. Uh, the one like lead singer of like the new main street singers, like he has one where he's at like the fucking racetrack, uh, you know, all of the deceased managers, like family, they each have like an individual one. Like it just gets to be too big I could see that. And these movies are always that. pretty tight. Like, yeah. These movies I think are it always... could have been better if it had focused more on, like, the actual 
acts rather than everything surrounding and, it. And you and you don't have enough time to get to like experience more of the core people. Like so, you get to get the deal of John Michael Higgins and Jane Lynch and their, you know, their color mantra and basically their cult. Um, yeah. But like, then you don't see them for like thirty minutes, and then like it it hurts when you see them again because you're trying to dwell on what their their for lack of a better term, deal is. Same thing for, well, basically all the new Main Street singers, like Parker Posey is like hardly in this movie. Even the Folksmen. The Folksmen, you get to see them like rehearsing at their little barbecue thing prior to the show, but it feels like quick. Right, like the passage of time is there, but it's not, like you don't really get to... It's supposed to be two weeks, I think? Yeah, but you don't really get to spend time with them. Like, it's bits and pieces when it should be chunks, rather. Yes, that's a good... Yeah, pieces versus chunks. What you get chunks of is um, Eugene Levy and Catherine O'Hara, which is is great stuff, but to my point just a little bit ago, it's not necessarily the most laugh-out-loud stuff. It really is kind of like almost dramedy. Where a yeah. lot of it, yeah. a lot of it, oh, you're, absolutely, a lot of it, you're drawing off of Eugene Levy's characterization. You know, very different than what he normally would do. Um, but Catherine O'Hara is not playing anything up for for laughs or or no, she's he, like the straight man in this. Really, she is. She really is. So for that to take as much space up in the runtime. There's nothing. There's nothing wrong with it. I, I mean, think they it's have well, great chemistry. And it's well done. Of course, they, get, they, they still have great I mean, chemistry now. Chemistry. Exactly. I mean, I, so it's not like it was hard to watch then take up most of the time, but it would have been nice to have developed some of the other characters in relationship. And it also more. would have been better because it's a Christopher Guest comedy. Right, 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 right. <laughs> I'm sitting here waiting to see Fred Willard again. I'm waiting here to see Michael Hitchcock and Bob Balaban arguing over fucking set pieces again. I'm waiting to see, you know, other... That was really funny. I like that. Yeah, uh, so the first LVP I wrote down was originally Bob Balaban because I've just never been a fan. And then, like, within a span of, like, like 90 seconds, like, when he made he me laugh and I was like... He made me laugh, and I was like, oh, damn, Like that's really, really funny. I'm like, he's still kind of like a boring presence. And then as the movie progressed, I'm like, okay, he's kind of quietly crushing this Right, movie. right. Like, he, he just does it in such a, like, under, uh, not underwhelming way, but he just plays it so, like. Understated. Understated. That's what I meant. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm. He's super understated. Just, like, when he's talking about, like, the flowers, like, oh, these arrangements are so beautiful, but they could poke somebody's eye out and like the long leap. And then when he's up on the stage and he makes the, he announcement, makes the announcement, I'm like, that's just like really great. Like, I thought it was really well done. These movies can't, these movies can be made nowadays. These movies just yeah. aren't made anymore. I think it depends. So I, so I think you misunderstood how I was saying that. I'm not saying that, uh, Societally, because there's really nothing except the very, very end when with, Harry Shearer trans- is just randomly a woman now. Yeah. Um. I my I did not like the ending of this movie. Uh, totally, like the totalitarian version of it. Besides Fred Willard's part, like all the wrap up. Like usually, I really like the wrap up. Like I think of Best in Show. You know, like okay, John Michael Higgins and Michael McKean. They're doing dog calendars. Uh, Eugene Levy and Catherine O'Hare are, still, are doing their songs. Uh, Christopher Guest is doing a fucking bad puppet show. 
uh, you know, Rhapsody's two mommies, you know, are have American bitch. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. they all have, you know, pretty funny buttons to them. And in this, like, they just don't. Like, so... And it's jarring because I think the uh, Mitch and Mickey scene at the actual concert is legitimately fantastic. They do an amazing job of building up to that performance. And, uh, you know, Mitch goes AWOL and he just is bringing her back a flower. And it kind of seems like really sweet. They do their performance and it's all building up to the song that's predicated on a kiss and then they kiss, and it's kind of passionate, and it gets a big reaction, and everyone's, like, looking forward to seeing it. And it's like, oh, my God, like, that they built to an amazing moment. Everything I said about, you know, dramedy elements in, you know, what should be a laugh-out-loud comedy just flat-out work there. And I was like, damn, this is actually kind of emotional. This is great. And then it gets the recap, and then it's just she's singing at her husband's medical m- medical device uh, medical convention, yeah. And he's you know writing again is by himself, and no, there's nothing that hap- that came from that. It just felt like a massive letdown, like a huge letdown. Okay, uh, I can see that. Same thing with uh, I'm trying to think who else gets recap. Well, obviously the folksmen of the last recap were there now. You know, performing together in very, very shitty, you casinos. know, casinos. That's the other thing I didn't necessarily particularly like is all the Christopher Guest movies, like, you kind of know, like, what level of fame or notoriety they all are in, right? And it's all, they all think they're necessarily bigger than what they are. So even if it goes back to Waiting for Guffman... And Corky, you know, having this New York Times reporter and getting shut down. Okay, but we still opens up a store and he's got kitschy things and, you know, he's he's very much middle of the line, right? Um, in Best in Show, all these people are... They're dog people. Like, they're not celebrities or anything. But this, like, they have a big performance in New York City. They're on, like, public broadcasting. It's making, like, mainstream news. Mm-hmm. Like... And then nothing comes from it. Yeah, it just feels a little, again, disjointed in that, all right, so these three guys who, you know, were a one-hit wonder, essentially, but definitely are able to have some level of notoriety to a segment of the population are now performing for, like, six people at a uh, D-level casino. Yeah. Just, just felt, like, odd and kind of, like, mean and like unnecessary to a certain extent and then you get into the fact that uh, there's nothing that builds up to the moment that harry shearer's decided to become a woman well no there is there's lots of things what is uh, did i miss them he's like moisturizing he's really into his moisturizing routine that's it that's it Mm -hmm. that's really it (laughs) i think there might be one more thing but i can't because i i didn't know that was coming and so then when it happened i was like huh I didn't see that coming, and then I started to play back like, well, sh- I don't think I should have. I don't, I don't think there was anything to do it. So again, it felt out in left field, and it kind of unfortunately felt like, ha ha, that guy's a woman, to like where the, the comedy was going to come from. Especially because right. he has this big voice, and you know, he does, does right. that. Right, so does the deep voice. Yeah, and, and but then he has like the, the giggle afterwards, and it's like, that ha- that doesn't age well. Right, right. Um, which these movies normally kind of do. Like, there's yeah. really not anything with a Christopher Guest movie 
that's going to be... Yeah, like Best in Show, like... Best in shows, best in... Yeah, I mean, even, even, you know, Michael McKean and John Michael Higgins are basically pretty big gay stereotypes, but they don't do anything particularly, like, at um, least to me, outlandish or offensive that that would age poorly, but... Right, but this this is, I think, definitely. Yeah, I would say. A hundred, yeah. So that that's why when you said that like, you could still make this kind of movie today, I disagree. So so like you I, couldn't do that part of it. Yes, like, I think you could do everything else in this movie easily. But... I got stranded from my point. Yeah. My my point was number one: comedies, movies, really are just don't get made right now. Like they don't. Like the I can honestly visualize and imagine like. The last two comedies were both the Hulu comedies, Vacation Friends and Palm Springs. Mm-hmm. They don't do... They don't really do big comedy. Standalone comedy movies. A lot... Of, like, they tried really hard... Like, MCU's done it really well. Like, they infuse a lot of comedy in their action movies. We can, in their superhero movies, yeah, right? Yeah, we, we could go but down... But they're not... That comedy... Like, but, but... Like... And maybe this comes from me having to categorize movies mm-hmm. when I worked... For FYE, when I was in high school and yeah. college, like, you know, that would go, like, like MCU movies and stuff like that would go in, like, the action-adventure section, yeah. not the comedy section. So, yes, I think 100%. These have become Rare. TV shows. No, they become TV shows. Yeah. Like, this, like... More of TV, a sitcom TV and mm-hmm. streaming services do these things all the time. Yeah. I mean, mockumentaries are still, I feel like, a dime a dozen. Um, but... Yeah. They will take this concept or this idea and a network like the TV Guide channel or whatever the fuck it's called will just give them money to do this for four or five years. Right. As shit's creek and and you know, and you get awards, you get notoriety, and now you you're a pop culture thing. Right, but right. Like na- like back then, this was you had to like seek it out. And it still made money, even though I don't think this was ever like wide released. It was, I don't you know, think so. if it was, it was probably like a thousand, fifteen hundred. It's screens. a very like culty movie. Yes, yes. Very but cult-y. you know, it gets nominated for an Oscar for best original song. It's highly regarded like in end of the year circles and in like comedy circles. But like that, that's just non-existent. So it is nice to kind of see it as like a throwback almost to a time when. Um, you could just go to Blockbuster and find like ten or fifteen of these movies and discover people, and that I feel like pretty much like happened up till the past like maybe like five years ago. Because even still, like there would be plenty of like you'd go into a Big Lots or a Blockbuster or something and be like, oh, I don't remember like or the dollar store. Yeah, or I don't remember DVDs like Paul now. Rudd making this movie or what's this Adam Scott flick? You know, like yeah, it would still kind of happen, but. Now it definitely just feels. It definitely feels old in a good way. Um, was there another anything else you particularly did or did not like about the movie? As this being something that you've seen. I mean, I just think I just think it's feel good. I I mean, there's a lot of laugh out loud parts. You know, it doesn't make me think too hard. And sometimes you just are in the mood for that kind of thing. You know, it's going to entertain you. Mm-hmm. That's what it did. You know, I just, it's not perfect by any stretch of the imagination, but I think it's got, 
I mean, it's got a great ensemble. You can't be mad at the ensemble cast. No. I, I mean, mean, some of them you can be, and well, I think we're going to get there. Yeah, I mean, but, I mean, for a movie like this with the size of the uh, the cast, yeah. I think that's where you have to get there. I, I did uh, open up, this is a very old DVD. This DVD is probably, you know, 15, 20 years old. Uh, and it still has, like, all the chapters inside, and it has all the songs. So I'm just going to read the songs oh, yeah, that are credited I in the them. movie. Uh, old Joe's Place. Old Joe's Place. The good yeah. book song. When you're next to me, a kiss at the end of the rainbow, mm-hmm. just that kind of day. Mm-hmm. Skeletons of Quinto, which is a very, very funny, really uh, moment, funny, uh, uh, where it's basically a song. It's like a historical song. It's kind of like Atlantis by Donovan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Fuck that but folksy, song. Folksy, I love that song. Fuck that song. Um, and they don't. They, the folksmen just don't want to fucking play it because it's weird. And then when they have to stretch for Mitch and Mickey, uh, Harry Shearer's character goes into like. The history behind it, and thankfully they get cut off. Before. I mean, I, I really liked that. I thought that was really yeah it's very funny. funny. Uh, Moby Dick, Loco Man, Fairway, A Kiss at the End of the Rainbow, mm-hmm. uh, Never Did No Wandering, which is another good moment when they steal their song they were about yeah. to do. Potatoes in the Paddy Wagon. Potatoes in the Paddy uh, Wagon. Barnyard Symphony. Uh, a, a Mighty Wind. The, a Mighty Wind is a great song. Yeah, it's a very, very good song. Oh, Mighty Wind's up blowing. Not the song that was nominated for the Oscar. Uh, Kiss at the End of the Rainbow was the one that was nominated. Well, that's a beautiful song. Yeah. Uh, a Mighty Wind you probably heard at the beginning of the uh, show. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to put sad one at the end I'll probably put, no, put put Old Joe's Place or yeah, put so, Paddy Wagon I was gonna probably put Old Joe's Place I'll end it with the E at O who's um, the Supreme Folk uh, and then uh, oh the, the Supreme Folk and then uh, the Catheter song <laughs> so, as it's known great no the Supreme Folk was also a very funny bit which that the Supreme Folk is at the end when he sold like basically the new Main Street Singers to a TV network they did oh, the right. Supreme Folk <laughs> Is the show so, that they do. So my, I thought that was so funny. So my caveat for the end of the movie is... That. <laughs> Fred Willard. So Fred Willard, just be Fred Willard, man. Fred Willard's my MVP of the movie. I mean, we said that. Didn't, didn't you say that he saved, like, the Pitch Perfects for you, too? No, you're thinking of John Michael Higgins. Never mind. They're totally different people. They're both in this. Yeah, look at they're all in all the Christopher Guest movies. No, Fred Willard was the MVP of Best in Show because Fred Willard oh, is yes, Best in Show, the yes. commentator who. Right, right. God bless him. We lost him last year. I don't remember if it was COVID related, <laughs> but we we lost Fred Willard. Uh, in a movie where everyone I feel like is a little restrained, right? Like everyone in this movie is holding back a little bit because they are kind of have this, like, this folksy spirit to them. They just they just let Fred Willard be Fred Willard. And right, he's he was the outlandish, great. like, blonde hair, like, blonde spiky hair. He just has so much fucking energy. Every time he's on screen, no matter how inappropriate it is, and it's not that he gets, like, R-rated inappropriate, but even in the world that he is in, the things that he is saying make people look at him like, what the fuck is he talking about? And it's perfect for this character who's managing this shitty, like, big folk group that normally is running out of a theme park. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, if it's not him, my other main nominee was Eugene Levy because he is so good. He is so different. Like, he's so dedicated. Like, you don't see any of your typical Eugene Levy in him besides looking at him. Um, <laughs> but he makes that character, this like, like depressed, legitimate former character. star. The, just the way that he talks and the pauses and the body language. I mean, it all, all it. works. Yeah. So, like you can tell, like it's this like kooky, aloof, 
like depressed, kind of depressed but like still very charming like guy yeah. like yeah. like you know so you could kind of see why like Mickey was over the moon for him and like sure. why America fell in love with him kind of thing like, I was also uh, getting back to another thing I didn't necessarily like was I I didn't like how I felt like when they were initially talking about Mitch and Mickey at the beginning and everyone that was being interviewed, like, another example of a random person was, like, the sound guy who was there, like, when they broke up. Like, that guy wasn't seen in the rest of the movie. He didn't need two minutes, you know. Especially because when he's, like, highlighting their breakup, it was kind of foreboding. Like, you were going to find out, like, what it was about or, like, see it in some manner of speaking. And then you just didn't. Yeah. And you, like, never really knew. And it just kind of felt like a missed opportunity to either deepen that dramatic story or... Make it something outlandish and funny and get another, like, pop off of it. But again, it just kind of, like, went to the wayside and nothing ever really happened of it. So, um, okay. those are my two. I don't know if you have anybody else. I mean, you could, you really couldn't go wrong in about five or six different ways here. But those are the two to me that I wrote down that were, like, those were undoubtedly my two favorite parts of the movie. Yeah, I mean, the, the cast is just really solid, yeah. though. But I agree. I think that they, that they both pull the movie... Um, so I'll, I'll let you decide. I'm fine with either one. Hmm. They're basically valuable for two different reasons. Right, right. I think that more of the comedy came from Willard, so let's go with him because that he kind of, um, you know, picked up a lot of like, especially like any tension was broken with him. Like he did a good job of like. You know, and he's in like three scenes. Yeah, yeah, like, honestly. Yeah, but, but they're that good, and, and they're they... just so good. At, and I keep going back to like the Supreme Folk one at the end when he's like, and then he's like writing down the idea that he just had. He's like, I don't do a lot of writing, but you know, that what, I, happened? <laughs> what happened? What happened? What happened? What uh, happened? So yeah, so Fred Willard is going to make our uh, multi-time MVP list off of that. Uh, he's racking them up with the, uh, um. The Christopher Guest movies. So Fred Willard joining joining the list here of multi time MVPs with two. Um, let's decide who our LVP is, and then we'll go back and make sure that we hit all the people that kind of fall in between the, the this I massive mean, like I don't triple know why stuff you, Oreo. I don't know. We could just talk about everybody but the person who's going to be the LVP because I know who your LVP is. No, I have a couple. I have a couple. I know who your number one LVP is. You know who your number one LVP is. Who? Oh, Wally. Oh, I can't even do an impression because she's so bad in this. Jennifer Coolidge. I can't believe how bad she is in this. And I don't think I was ever, like, against Jennifer Coolidge until I started watching her in Christopher Guest movies. Because I think we said the same thing about her for Best in Show. Where so. just the character that she played is just bad. Like, the choices she made is just bad. But, like, I didn't mind her in, like, Legally Blonde. She was also the LVP of Legally Blonde. No, no, she wasn't LVP she of Legally Blonde. What was she the LVP of? Because she's a multi-time LVP already. You don't and, have it on your list? No, she's one of my two LVPs. No, but I'm saying you don't have it on your list of what other one she was LVP for? Um, I, I don't have... I'd have to look uh, for it. Jennifer Coolidge was go. LVP of Click. Oh, all right, so Click, and then it's going to be Best in Show. And Best in Show. Um, Click is, Click is very bad. Because that's just her hamming it up in an Adam Sandler movie. So she's on my list. Because that voice yeah, is just like, such a dumb... I don't know why Dumb, that, dumb, dumb, dumb choice. I don't know why. Because, like, I, I can't imagine that's how it was written. So I don't know why she made the, th that decision. Wait, where was she supposed to be from? Austria? Like, I don't know. <laughs> I think that's right. I don't know. But she gets 
laugh. She got a laugh out of both of us. Well, yeah, because she was just so bizarre. So, like, that might have been what she's going for. So, she's one of two. My other person was Jane Lynch. Because... Uh, I didn't like that whole... I did not like the characterization. The, the porn. The whole porn you stretch. Know, she she's She's great at singing. She's good at, like... Her facial expressions. She's good at facially expressing, like, who she is. But once, like, she got involved with John Michael Higgins' deal, when it was just him kind of being, like, a nice taskmaster to, like, the other people in the group. Like, when he was on his own, fine. But when he was with her, I felt like she was dragging him down a little bit, and it was, like, too out there. Sure, sure. And I feel like that's, like, her go-to is, like, in this, you didn't need, you know, any... This movie's rated PG-13 for quote-unquote sex-related humor. It really only comes from her, and it feels like it's in a different movie. Mm. Like, she didn't need to be, you know, I know they established that one of the, the Main Street singers opens up, like, a sex shop, right? Like, that could have just been a quick visual gag, haha, and then it gets brought back as, like, her essential essence of being. Right, right, right. And it didn't make me laugh. And... It just felt a lot, really out of place. Yes. So that's more... That was who I was really going to pitch. But Jennifer that, Coolidge is still on my list. But... Because but, of that rush, let me tell you. Now it's not Sammy yeah. Davis Jr. <laughs> but is... But I feel like with what we just said, like Jane Lynch's is more character and written rather than Jennifer Coolidge's more performance. See, and any other, and any other movie, I would agree with you, but not in these movies because... These movies essentially don't have a script. They have bullet points. They have, here's your deal, you go with it. They're all improvised. So but, but, I, but, I but, really but. attribute whatever choices are made to her and her alone. Same thing with Jennifer Coolidge. So what is worse, the material coming out of the mouth or the tone of voice coming out of the mouth? Well, I mean, it was also like her facial expressions. That's and, just like... the fucking the amount of work she's had done on her face. <laughs> you, you can't fix that. Well, she's tried to fix it. She's made it worse. Um, through talking this out, I'm more inclined to go with Jane Lynch because, from what I just said, words exiting her mouth versus tone exiting the mouth and the impact it had. We each laughed once at Jennifer Coolidge, who was really only in the movie, I feel like, for two, two scenes. Two scenes, yeah. Jane Lynch, maybe three or four scenes, but got nothing out of me with double the amount of time. What value is there? So that that's my pitch. Okay. If you still want to go, if you still want to make history, if you still want to make history and go Jennifer, Jennifer Coolidge. Jennifer Coolidge is going to be 60. I'm sorry, she just turned 60. She's apparently that, um... She just turned 60. What was that HBO show that was just on, uh, with, uh, they were on the resorts. It was, uh, kind of popular. Mike White was like the creative person behind it. Oh God, it's going to drive White me Lotus. White my, Lotus. Which my mom said was really good. Actually. And I wanted to watch and she's supposed to be great on it. She, she's okay, well, really she's great on 60. It. Good for her. She looks either 45 or 88. So, <laughs> um, so we're going to go with Jane Lynch. Yeah. Okay. So Jane Lynch, the LVP of a mighty wind. And, uh, yeah. So she avoids, so Jennifer Coolidge avoids becoming our first three time LVP. Jane Lynch. That's she, what my autocorrect <laughs> Jane Lunch! Jane Lunch, Barry Wyndham. Uh, so everyone that kind of fills in the middle there, all the folksmen are great. I Particularly, it was good to see Harry Shearer because, like, he's not in Best in Show. Uh, is he Too busy doing Dalton? The Simpsons, baby. I mean, yeah. It is a little jarring to, like, watch him talk and just be like, okay, that's just, like, six Simpsons characters right, 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 right. There. He does, like, 
I think I read a fact that he does like over 20 characters yeah. Yeah. on The Simpsons. And I think that's insane. McKeon and Guest really don't do anything like funny. They're, again, basically just straight men, essentially. Yeah, but... but... I just like seeing McKean on the screen. Oh, just the just the rapport of the three of them is, is a lot it, of fun. Like they have great rapport. I just love seeing him on the screen. I loved, and I just think he's so talented. I don't yeah. think that there's anything he can't do because, like, the last thing that I really saw him in was Better, Better Call, Call Saul. Saul. He was incredible. Incredible in that. In that. A, a shame he was not recognized. With yeah, an Emmy. In, he was nominated, but he, incredible. And it's it. just that versus this yeah. is like yeah. amazing. I just um, think he's great. John Michael Higgins is always good. If I had to give like a third person like MVP consideration, I, I it might be like either Bob Balaban or Michael Hitchcock. Those like two or three scenes they have like setting up the show and just their like yeah, adversarial the relationship. Like you don't need to write that down. Like what do you call them? <laughs> They're Mike's Mike says There will be something on the top of them. <laughs> like, it's, like you'll get them. Yeah. You, we won't forget. I would basically we almost feel like, <laughs> like in any other movie, like those roles would be almost like reverse. Like Mike, Michael Hitchcock would be the one bothering Bob Balaban. Yeah. But in this, it just it the worked. The dynamic worked really well. Yeah. Um, Catherine O'Hara was great. Catherine O'Hara uh, amazing. And Bigley Junior. I always love in these things. He's always very funny. I wish he always gets more to do. Um, Larry Miller again, same thing. Uh, another like little side plot I didn't like was the other two kids of uh, like the brother and sister of Bob Balaban. Like the like the sister was just like all of a sudden like really into it and emotional, and the other brother is just like totally indifferent to it all. Yeah. Um, same thing goes for. Uh, I don't think it was necessary. Yeah, just like also I didn't think it was necessary. While it was kind of funny, Catherine O'Hara's current husband to be just like this. British loser who has a train set with one train. Yeah. No, he's a model train enthusiast with one train. train. I thought that was hilarious. Yeah, it was funnier in uh, concept than it was to me in execution. Well, I just, I, I also think that he was a little flat. Yeah. Too. If I had to have another LVP, I don't think he had enough to be LVP, but sure. had he had more to do, I he was just flat and boring, especially... Compared to Eugene Levy. Right, and I thought that was purposeful, and that's why I thought it was going to be easy for him to, you know, flop. Or, like, basically, I thought it was just going to be, going to be like a cuck. Like, it just cuts him in the car, and he's like, hey, all right. Like, you know. Yeah, no. Mm-mm. But no. Nope. James Marsden was busy. <laughs> I'd kill to see James Marsden in a Christopher Guest movie. By that, I mean, I'd probably kill somebody. Um, oh, hey, did you know Christopher Guest is doing the next Peter Rabbit movie? You're funny. Could you imagine? That'd be great. I'd, I'd, I'd watch I'd it. I'd watch it. I, he started a whole genre. He did. He, uh, of course what, did. Well, really, Rob Reiner. Well, I, I don't know. I don't remember what, like, the breakout, uh, like, the breakdown is. But, like, the Spinal Tap guys and they, Rob Reiner. Yes, they are attributed with the mockumentary yeah. style, which has overtaken film in a lot of ways. Well, and also has officially overtaken television. Television. Like, that's The Office. The that's office. Parks and Rec. That's... Yes. That's, the um... The British Office. Yeah. Which is entirely different. Yeah. It is. No, I know it is. But it's... Just saying. It's modern family. Like, it's yeah, all... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's... The style. Right. It's the style now. Yeah. And I, I mean... I, I think, think it's, it's probably great. going away... I mean, we don't watch a lot of sitcoms. We don't watch a lot of sitcoms, right? We don't. I was watch fortunate that Brooklyn Nine Nine, which just wrapped up, was not that way because I thought it was originally going to be that way. It it kind I never did. of never got into it. It was all it was all it kind it. It was still single camera, but it, it never yeah. got into it. Uh, okay. 
Yeah, it, it never got into it. I think it kind of was borderline a little no, bit. If it did, it would have been in the very, very beginning. Yeah, like in the beginning, it started out kind of a little I bit. I don't ever like remember that. them having like interviews or anything like that. Hmm. I don't Maybe it's just because like Pearl's like would like look at the camera so much. I think you watch a totally different show than I no, do. No, I don't know. Um, I think I just slept through the whole thing. Probably. What else on a mighty wind? It's a coming. Thanks. Uh, not a fan of folk music, as I mentioned. Uh, did have to suffer through country music for most of my childhood. Oh, you did? My mother's a big country music fan. That seems just really weird to me. Why? I don't know. I didn't know that your mother listened to music. <laughs> Why is that somehow the meanest thing Meanest thing your mom's ever said to me when I'm wearing, like, a Beatles sweatshirt and I got a Beatles fucking poster hanging on my wall... Your mom, I listen into the Beatles music. Your mom's like, oh, I hate the Beatles. I'm like, oh, thanks. Thanks so much, Noreen. Appreciate you. I yeah. give this movie a s- seven and a half. I'm also giving it a seven and a half. I was originally going to go with an eight, but from talking it out. Um, I agree. I, the, I was the same way. It was like, I like this movie so much, but you kind of like brought me down from my like, um, like, reminiscent, like, you know, the soft spot that I have yeah. for it. It is an easy of, movie to watch, and it will it'll make you laugh, and you will sure. enjoy it. But if, you, if, if you're if you me, and you're going to microscope it a little bit, sure. It, sure. It, it structurally is inferior to other Christopher other, Guest movies. Right, when you're comparing it to yes. those other movies. Yeah. Yes. So that's, that's ultimately what I, what I went with. And it, and it gets confusing for an audience member... You know what, like where the what the yeah. goal is. Where we're going. I also had to listen to um, country music growing up, but not for my mom. My mom was big rock and roll, you know, mm-hmm. and like Beatles, Rolling Stone. You know, like my mom has got great taste in music. My grandmother was a big Kenny Rogers fan, so my grandmother used to have um, her her Jaguar would have a seven disc mm-hmm. CD changer in the trunk of the car, and so when I worked at the um, at FYE, I'd have to like I'd buy her CDs and like I remember the that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. But yeah. Please keep going. But there was this Kenny Rogers CD that came out when mm-hmm. I was working there, mm-hmm. and um, you know new new releases you typically typically come out on Tuesdays and like they come into the stores mm-hmm. like the Friday or Saturday previously, yep. and so we would kind of like one of the perks of working there is like we would like buy like we'd buy a gift card with the amount of how much it was and like we would like put it in the safe and like take one of the copies like I don't know if we were supposed to do that that's probably why FYEs don't exist anymore but um we would do that to kind of like have like a little preview and perk so I did that once for my grandmother and I mm-hmm. remember having to try to figure out how to put it in this fucking CD player but my grandmother loves Kenny Rogers what's the point of a CD changer again just so you're not you're too lazy to get the fuck up and change the CD well yeah I mean yeah. it's in the trunk no, but, like, my mom, like, the stereo, she insists on bringing everywhere with her that she paid her own money for at Montgomery Wards when and Montgomery Wards was a thing. What's Montgomery Wards? It, it was, like, like, a department. Woolworths? Yes, yes. Um, which, by the way, the stereos are not even, con- like, the, the speakers are not yeah, even no, connected. No, no, but, like, it has a five-CD changer, I think. And it's well, just my like- mom had the same thing, though, when I was growing up. She had one of those was, really big ones. It had a record player in yeah. the top, and then it had, like, the the um, cassette player, mm-hmm. and then it had a five CD changer. I remember it. It was 
I thought it was the coolest thing ever. That was just how it was until fucking we could stream music from our phones. Well, so it does. So I'm like, I, I just thought about this yesterday when I was walking through Target. Um, it does actively piss me off going into a, a shopping center or an apartment store or whatever it is now and seeing the dwindling movie section. I know, because that's right. I collect movies. There's something... You know, I mean, that's why we have this fucking show, yeah, man. Yeah, I mean, like, like... What are we gonna do? It makes me more exciting to watch this movie than, like... Like, I can look at this and be like, man, the way, the, way the style of the clamshell is brings me back to the time when it came out and the color. Like, it's just different than a thumbnail, right? And it's all because of size and space, correct? Like, yeah. it's just easier to, you know... Yeah, like, because shelf space And music space is, is exactly the same way. However... Records are now outselling CDs and anything else, and you're gonna say it's because of fucking audio quality, and I don't give a fuck. <laughs> I've never heard the difference from a record to a MP3 to a cassette to a CD to anything. You're not listening correctly. What? How? What am I supposed to do? If you bought me a vinyl player, then I would be able to, to show you the differences. So I'm gonna pull up the random number generator right now and discover what our next. I'm immediately changing the subject. I'm glad you brought that up, though, because I was seeing, like, just how like much space it. the record aisle takes just up versus like the it. movie aisle. I changed the, the subject when we were talking about your mom. Uh, so let's see. Uh, so I have a random number generator here to determine what our next movie is. Uh, we'll be watching this uh, this year. We will, we will get to it this year. In fact, we'll be watching it on, oh, 11-11, my least favorite day of the year. Not for, like, any, like, reason. No, just I'm um, cursed on that date. So whatever movie this is that's going to air on this date... Is gonna scare I have to work. Alright, so 74, so that's let's see, 67, 68, 69, 70, 71, 72, 73, 74. Oh my god, I think you counted incorrectly. No, hold on, Give hold me on. The this is, count. Nope, because these are No, 30, but take out those. These are 33 lines ta- each. Take out, you have some crosses out. 60, nope, it didn't hit it. 67, 68, 69, 70, 71, 72, 73, 74. No, I don't think that's right. We'll be watching. You have two other ones nope, scratched out there. Nope, you gotta that's what go. We're watching. We are watching the 2004 or 2005 uh, Steven Spielberg epic Munich. You could watch that with Tony. Have Tony. I love Munich. You could have Tony guest star on that movie. Uh, so fuck we'll, you, man. So we'll be watching Munich. Um, at, at some point. You know what the funny thing is? Uh, it's one above Bobby, which was our first. So I've gotten 74 and 75. I'm going to be doing the number generator now. Nope. From now on. That's, uh, from it, now on. It's a, it's a system. It's a science. I'm sorry. I don't know what to tell you. Uh, so be on the lookout for Munich, but not next week. Next week we'll be watching, uh, starting our Halloween run. Uh, back Tis the season. Tis the season. Uh, we'll be watching uh, three scary movies. <laughs> <laughs> not one. Uh, we talked about last week. Uh, we're going to have our our friends Max and RJ on to watch The Birdcage. But next week, uh, picking off another one. Uh, the Pick'em Off series now basically just is ongoing whenever we get something that is added on something we've already seen. It goes into the rotations. So we're watching Happy Death Day to You. Then we'll be watching well, no, Birdcage. That, that, that's not the Pick It Off series. That's part of our Wrap It Up series. Wrap It Up series. I mean, fucking whatever. Wrap, wrap your dick up. Pick your dick off. I don't know what the fuck. I don't have a dick. Well, if you have a dick, pick it off. Um, <laughs> <laughs> then your nomination, Ma, which I was nominated months ago as well, and then I will immediately nominate something that we will watch immediately afterwards to continue out Halloween. And then we'll get to Schmidt and Munich, and oh boy, and then November is Jewish month! <laughs> Happy Hanukkah, y'all. Um, thank you for listening to this week's episode of Married with Movies. We encourage you, as always, go to arcadeo.net for this podcast and the others in our network of shows. Rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get your podcast. 
patreon.com slash audio for bonus content uh, from the show and all the others across our network. Facebook.com slash Married with Movies at Mary W. Movies on Twitter. Married with Movies at gmail.com. Let us know what you think of the show. For me, arcadeaudio.net slash podbloggle for my retro wrestling diary where uh, I'm currently going through the year 1995. This week is Super Brawl 5. And uh, if you've been listening to me talk about the year 1995 in wrestling, it's a 1995 wrestling show. Show, show enough. Show enough. Show enough. At your host, Mom 38 on Instagram for my show, Box and Friends, where I show off the things that I collect, and I raise money, and I have fun. Samantha? At Jam with your Sam on Instagram. Where she does absolutely nothing fun. She doesn't do anything. Yeah, I do. I put pictures of you. Man, how'd that go for you? You get any followers? You get any? You get any? You get any yeah. support? You get any? No, nobody wants to see you dress up like Shawn Michaels. I don't know if that's an insult to me or you. Insult to Shawn Michaels. <laughs> for a mullet. This is mullet. Signing out for this week's episode of Married with Movies. We'll catch you next time on our couch. Slash the movies. I almost did the hair shirt. Slash the movies. But then that's just oh, Davy. <sighs> I can't impersonate anything, and it makes me sad. I mean, you do pretty good Beetlejuice. Save it for Halloween, though. Okay. God, Hank Grimm, I'll tell you where to go. Just look for the busted neon sign that flashes. E-A-O's. Well, there's a puppy in the parlor and a skillet on the stove and a smelly old blanket that a Navajo wolf. There's popcorn in the popper and a porker in the pot. There's pie in the pantry and the coffee's always hot. There's sausage in the morning and a party every night. There's a nurse on duty if you don't feel right. There's chicken on the table, but you gotta say grace. There's always something cooking at old Joe's place. Thank you for playing Arcade Audio. Play more at arcadeaudio.net.